What's up, guys? Welcome to Season 3 of Square Zeroes. I'm Derek Hawkins. And I'm John Mann. And today we're here with Jonathan Daly of The Black Black. What the world needs now. What the world needs now. What the world needs now. Is what the world needs now. Because what the world needs now is one more band. And what the world needs now is one more band. What the world needs now is one more band. What the world needs now is one more band. just heard what was the name of that john what the world needs now what the world needs now by the black black we're sitting here on square zeros with john daly of the black black um why don't you tell us about that song tell us about the black black all right well so that song is off our record that's coming out in october um called boogie nights um nice yeah thank you (laughs) um it's just kind of like a song about like playing in bands and um and playing in bands maybe specifically in new york um and it it's totally like a it's supposed to come off as like a um 
positive like like it's a great to play in bands and like even though it's like such like a pain in the ass like all the time but Pretty it's like grind man yeah. yeah it's like a total grind but like it's still totally worth it and like if you really if you really love it and you really like if that's like a way that you really care about expressing yourself then it's totally like a worthwhile way to spend your time and money because we all you know like we all do this we're all in this community and uh you know like nobody's making any money we're all just spending the money that we make at whatever other jobs we do and like um but we do it because we love it and speaking of the struggles of putting a band together and playing in a band uh, black black had went through a number of drummers before yeah. you guys coalesced as the three piece that you are now right yeah so we had we had like an original lineup which was awesome it was uh chris and johnny and i and uh, johnny we just found chris and i are long friends um and johnny we just found on craigslist like immediately like I put an ad on Craigslist. I'd written a couple of demos. I put an ad on Craigslist looking for a drummer. I got two replies back, Johnny being one of them. He showed up and like we were just like like totally like it went like perfect and Game then, over. Yeah, so he was and he was just like he was great and like we just all got along really well and so he was in the band for a year and then he ended up moving to California for for a job. Um so he's out in LA and so then we spent a year looking for another drummer and we had like I think six, maybe seven guys that like that we basically like practiced with, taught songs to, played at least a show with, maybe recorded with, and but yeah. So then we found Tomo, um, and um, you know, like he, Tomo's a jazz drummer. It took a little while to kind of like make it feel right, but but now we're like totally happy and like awesome. And it must yeah. be flattering to have that many guys who like respond to some ad that are like, "Hey, your music kicks ass. I want to play your drums for you." You know. Yeah, I guess even I hadn't though, really even though, the, even though the constant disappointment of not having right. a constant drummer is yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that is kind of maybe shocking too. I guess in in certain ways because I, I mean, like that's definitely like a problem for myself, and I think basically every musician that I that I know is just like finding people to play with and finding the right people to play with. Um, so it's cool to, that at least like we were able to find people to potentially play with. And how'd you find Money Fire? You're on Money Fire Records, which is based in Queens, Brooklyn. Uh, really cool label. Yeah, We've Ridgewood. had a couple of their, of their musicians on our show. Yeah. Uh, how'd you team up with them? Um, so John Meredith uh, runs Money Fire, and uh, he recorded our first like real 7-inch. Um, and so after we recorded that, he was just like, I'd love to put this out. And so we were like, totally. Um, I actually knew him for a while, though. Um, it's kind of it's kind of a funny story. I mean, like my old band in New York, we were playing with the with the amputees before they were the amputees, and so that's how I knew Lewis. And then Lewis put us on some shows with that band, the Royal Arctic. We couldn't do a show. The Black Black had just started. I was like, all right, like, do you mind if the Black Black plays? He's like, totally. We play a show. I think Low Fat. It was like us and Low Fat and the amputees on that show, and then that's how we all kind of like got to know each other. Um, and then actually, and then John and John Meredith's band, which was Raptor Man at the time, I think we were all, it was like those four bands playing the Charleston. Um, mm. if you guys, I don't think you ever went to show <laughs> oh, that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, so we, we used to play there all the time. Um, yeah, so we were playing the Charleston and that's, and then like, I just started talking to John after that and we didn't, we didn't work together for like another year until after that, but that's how we all kind of met. And, and uh, so your new record's coming out on Money Fire, John Mollusk recorded that as well? Yeah, John Meredith. Yep. John Meredith, John yep. Meredith, John Mollusk. Um, <laughs> and you guys are playing Zero Fest too. We are October third at Bermuda Triangle. Yes, sweet. Yeah. Well, tell us. Uh, let's get into the early stuff, man. Let's let's yeah. do what we're here for, right? <laughs> let's, let's do it. Um, so, tell us about these first recordings that you have for us today. All right. Um, so these 
were recorded. Um, I had finished school and I'd taken the summer off and then I, I didn't have a job um, and I was living at home. I'm from Pittsburgh. I was living at home in my parents' basement. Um, and I didn't really, I kind of was like, I don't know. I hadn't really been playing much music for the past couple of years before that. And I really wasn't sure if I was going, if that was like gonna be something that I was going to do. Um, but just being at home, I started playing guitar and drums in my like basement. And it's just this like, like cement block, like 10 by 10 like area. There's like a, there's like a finished part, but like the drums were like relegated to like the deepest corner of like this like 10 by 10 cement block. And I had like a Tascam four track and I just kind of, I just wanted to see like what would come out and the motivation. I just kind of like, I didn't spend any time on the songs. I didn't really write them ahead of time. I didn't think about them ahead of time. Usually I would just kind of like show up in the basement whenever like no one was home and I could make as much noise as I wanted. And I would just like record as quickly as I could put whatever I was thinking, just like get it out there and not think about it too much and just be like, all right, done. There's one, there's a track. All right, move on to the next. Uh, and so I think that really shows. All right. <laughs> and how big was the project overall? How much did you end up getting done during that? Uh, uh, I think I think in that period, which was like maybe like three months when I was like living at home and I had like no prospects at all in life. Um, <laughs> I, I think I did like nine songs. Nine songs? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, you want to pick two? And roll uh, them? Yeah. Uh, we're going to play this corner. We're going to play. This corner? So by, also, I think I just made up these names because like, I had to dig up the songs and they didn't even, I didn't even know the titles. Uh, so I think this corner and we're going to do Alcoholic Victory. Alcoholic Victory Let's do those by Van Sanity? Yeah. Uh, yeah, by Van Sanity, sure. Rock and roll.
Sam. Yes, Van Sanity. John Daly, dude. That was really cool. What were you saying at the end of Alcoholic Victory there? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I actually, I like, I didn't do any edits. Like, when I sent that stuff to you guys, I didn't do any edits, but I edited. There, there's some weird, I don't know. So I had to pull something out of there. That was yeah. really cool, man. The yeah. production on that, I felt like I was just listening to, like, a noise rock band from, you know, last month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's the cement walls in my basement, my parents' basement. Yeah. Man. That was cool. I, I don't think you need to be a bit as bashful about that as, as you are. Can you talk about what um, what this corner... This corner was the first track we heard. Yeah. And that reminded me, if I may, uh, it kind of had like a Didi Ramon vocal thing going on. And when I think of this corner, I just think of 53rd and 3rd. Mm. I, I, so I, I was not thinking about that at all. Um, <laughs> Disclosure. Yeah, it, it's... I. I play. I, I had like you know a few people that I played with like regular. They're friends of mine. My one friend uh, Judd from college. He and I would like do some recording there. I think one of the songs I sent you was from that. Um, and he's a guitar player, and I'm a guitar player, and so I would play drums by default. And then we would both just kind of like sing. We would just like record, and like so we would both just like. He would really do the singing, but his singing style, he played in like hardcore bands in high school, and his singing style was to just like scream at the top of his lungs because he didn't think he could sing. He's way better than I am. And <laughs> um, so he would just go in and scream. And so I just was like, all right, that's just what I'm going to do. So then I would just scream at the top of my lungs. And like, because I didn't think I could sing and I was like super uncomfortable, like even attempting to try, even in my basement by myself for songs I never planned to have anyone hear. Uh, but I was still uncomfortable about it. So I would just scream. And that's just me screaming. There's no, I, there's no effects on that. No, it's just me screaming into a microphone. Wow. All of this is just me screaming into a in microphone. In Cinder Block Basement, the, the reverb you must yeah. be getting, the bounce you must be getting off that, too. Oh, well, and I'm probably just using, like, I think I'm just using, like, a $10 Radio Shack, like, quarter-inch microphone. You know? right, no, right, I mean, right, I right. actually, I definitely am, because I'm using that Tascam, and it didn't, all it had was quarter-inch inputs. It didn't even have XLRs or anything. Right, so, right. Yeah, so... uh that's what you got. It's just, it, you know, it was like, it was not, there wasn't like a lot of like, oh, I'm trying to make it sound like, it was just like, this, this is what I, this is what I do. Yeah. You know? No, it's funny. I, I'm trying to decide whether, you know, you're acting so embarrassed about this, but like, should I be embarrassed that I liked it? <laughs> you, know, like, like, you know, I listen to the music and the music isn't, I mean, like it's sloppy and it's like, we are out of time and like the recording's like not good, but I'm mostly embarrassed about like, I mean, like, I guess you can't even hear it or tell. Like, I know what some of the lyrics are, but, like, I'm mostly embarrassed with the lyrical content. Okay. Because it was, like, and, like, the vocal, the vocal singing. I, you know, it was, like, the depressing point in time in life at right. that stage. So I was just, like, all kinds of weird. Well, but, let me ask you, too. You said these came out around... Well, they never came out. Well, let's yeah. just... <laughs> they came let's out just, of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, like, nobody ever heard... I mean, like, I played them for, like, one friend that I was recording with after maybe one other person heard it. Like, nobody ever heard them until now. And, uh, yeah, so that was, like, 2002. It was, like, right... Which is when I graduated from then school. What, where would you say you were pulling from, then, in 2002? Like, I'm unfamiliar with even the influences that might beget something like this in 2002 yeah um you know i i was at that stage i was kind of just getting into like indie rock and i was kind of getting into like weezer and fugazi and and some bands like that and a lot of like the dc bands but like this influence was more of like maybe like older stuff which was like 
like I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan as a kid and um, like that and like I listened to a lot of like um, like SoCal punk like Guttermouth and um, the Vandals like those kind of bands um, and this was really just like I, I it was just like whatever I was I didn't think it was just like this is what comes out and it was just like whatever I like whatever guitar riff I came up with and like whatever like drum beat I would bang to it like that was like I that was it I wasn't like I had absolutely no like predilection about like this is like what I want this to sound like I'm pretty impressed by your ability to record all that on a four track by yourself. What did, what did you lay down first? I mean, were you playing a yeah. metronome or no? Absolutely not. <laughs> Logistically, like that was the hardest part. Like I, I think what I would do is I would decide, all right, I'm going to go record something, and I would go to the basement and I would just like turn on my amp and I would just like play guitar for like probably 20 minutes or something, and I'd be like, all right, here's a bunch of riffs that I'm now I call a song, and um, and then I would record those, and then I would. Um, and then I would put on headphones with that and just like pump it as loud as I could and then just try to play the drums along to it. Like, and then I would be like, all right. And then I would re-record the guitar over it because then clearly everything was like really out of sync. And so I would re-record the guitar. And then I think there's bass guitar in that. I think I had a bass and I think I was recording bass and then I would just, and then I would just scream some depressing shit over that. And <laughs> So, so how did Van Sanity break up? <laughs> um, <laughs> what drove you apart? Well, so I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna listen to any of them. But, um, but we. St I start. My friend Ben who, from high school came back to Pittsburgh eventually. I got, well, I guess I got a job. So that's really what happened. I got a job and like I got an apartment in Pittsburgh with my friends, and it was like, well, this doesn't suck anymore. So like things were like kind of cool, and um, and so I. I didn't need like my depressing like. I'm, I'm a little concerned now that if music only life. happens when you're really depressed. I think what at is that the black black me man, I'm worried about you. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know what? That's that's interesting. I hadn't really thought. About it. Uh, I think that was probably true then. I don't think it's true now. I think that maybe it happens on like extremes. Not so, so like I was extremely like not in a great place, and so then like then I was you know so like things are like good now. So like. And the black black stuff is more like comes from a much more positive place. So what do you have next for us after Van Sanity between then and black black? So I did some recording with my friend Ben. Uh, we did these two like simultaneous records together um, where like he wrote a bunch of songs and we would just play and record them in my basement and, and I had gotten like some better equipment and we he and he's just like a, a really good songwriter. So those songs are really nice. We don't probably shouldn't listen to them because they're his and I'm just like there as like the monkey drummer. Um, but, uh, but then I did like a record of those of songs as well. Um, Little Red Mittens? Yeah. So we're going to do one of those. You want to do, I'm, I'm dying to hear Karen O. Oh yeah. As, as a fan of Karen O, I'd like to hear this ode to Karen yeah, O. Yeah. Do you want me to, should I, should I give a little precursor to that? Please. Do you want to listen to yeah. It first? Please, please. So yeah. So I was, I mean like that was whenever Fever to Tell came out, like this is that time period and it come out and I loved Fever to Tell. And obviously I was like a Karen O fan. And we were writing these songs, and I wrote. I started writing the song, and it was like, you know, it was like kind of like a, I wouldn't say it was a love song, but it was just like a, hey, Karen, like I think you're cool kind of song. Um, and and then I was like, you know what? I don't really want to write a song like that. So then I just like flipped it, and I was like, we'll just like talk shit on Karen O and, and see what happens. <laughs> um, so so this is a diss track. It is, but I but I, there was no genuine diss to her. I really <laughs> I, I loved her music. I loved her like every you know. But it was just kind of like, well, I don't want to write a song like that. So we're just gonna like turn it around and see what happens. So okay, Karen O, if you're I listening, think, yeah. So um, I think I'm playing the drums and probably guitar. I don't know. Yeah, here so we go. We'll see. Thank you. 
cool yeah yeah i that's that's one of my favorite ones off that off that collection of songs what changed about your recording setup so that's actually so we um we got this zoom multi-track record um like multi-track like like all in one kind of deal mm-hmm. and so and this was like our first recording project with that so there was that the other two things that changed that were big was i moved out of the um cement wall room into like like a regular kind of room, which was like two feet away. Um, and so that helped the sound a lot. And then Ben and I were doing it together. So like, you know, like he would be able to play guitar and I would play the drums. And also like my drumming just got a lot better, like because I was playing with him a lot. And you were I, a drummer first? No, not at all. Okay, I just, did you play guitar? I play, yeah, like I only, no. I, I, you know, I got a drum set was in high school and I just, I just learned out of necessity because no one ever could play the drums. So like, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, right. So like, I would just be like, all right, well, and so I would just learn. And then, um, so from time to time, like whenever we were doing that, we were playing a decent amount and I was always playing the drums. So like, I got okay at it. Did you guys um, play out at all? No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I mean, that's why, I, like, all this stuff, like, none of this stuff has, like, ever got played out at all. We and talked we, about it, but that was a far Would stuff. you go back and overdub guitars over the guitar and, and drum track that you had already created? I think on that, on some songs, yes, some songs, no. So on that song, I think Ben played guitar and I played the drums. And then, um, and then I think I overdubbed some guitar on that. And he might have even played the bass and then I sang. And yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And how did how did that move to the next project? Bring us because you know this may be the last old track we'll, we'll have of yours. How does this lead up to the Black Black? How do you get? How do you ultimately get to the Black Black from where we're at? I did some recording on my own for a while, and um, I, I moved to New York. I didn't have anywhere to play. I, I, I didn't have any. I didn't have drum set, and I just kind of like like playing dropped off. I did it when I could, but it was like very infrequent. Um, so there's some songs I sent that that are from that period. Um, and that was because I was the job I had. I was traveling a lot, and and uh, I didn't like it, and I quit. And um, and so then once I was actually like living in New York, and I was like here all the time, I, I start I started playing with this other band, um, which became the Royal Arctic. Um, that was kind of a disaster in certain ways. And as that be- as that became more apparent to me that it was a disaster, and I wasn't really happy with it. Um, I decided to start the black. I was like, all right, well, like, what would I really want? A ba- like, if I could just have the band I wanted, what would I want it to be? And I just like decided. I just like had this like antithesis band to it, which was like, you know, the the Royal Arctic was this like five piece of people, and everyone was like 
are, you know, everyone's arguing about like, oh, it should sound like this and this and this. And then everything just sounded really watered down at the end of the day um, because we couldn't really agree. Um, and so the Black Black was just like, all right, I'm going to have as few members as possible. Like, I want them to be my friends. I want this to just be like fun and like, just like, and I, this is like the sound that I want. And I recorded like, I think three demos ahead of time on, just in my apartment by myself. And I sent them to my friend Chris and I was like, do you want to play bass in this? Like, this is the sound I'm looking for. Or do you like this sound? Do, would you want to play bass in this band? And he was like, totally. And then we found Johnny and he was like, yeah, I like those tunes. And so like, so because we like start, I think just because I recorded those songs ahead of time and like we had this like somewhat clear vision on like, this is the sound that we're going for. It like took all this other like potential crap out, out of like, I don't like this kind of guitar playing. I don't like this kind of drum, you know? And like, it was just like, like we all were all like on the same page. And because there was just three of us and we were all like into it, it was just like way more fun. Big thanks to Jonathan Daly for kicking off season three of Square Zeros. You can catch the Black Black at Zero Fest on October 3rd. Zero Fest is a full weekend of music hosted by Square Zeros. Four nights, 20 bands, October 2nd to October 5th. Check squarezeros.com or find us on Facebook for details. We're taking you out right now on a track from the Black Black's upcoming album Boogie Nights. This is Until Death Do Us Party.
Maybe it will go to show I'd like to think